Denny Van here with Heartfelt Awakening Radio. Thank you so much for joining us on another transformational journey to spirit. Today we are talking with Helena Papesh, and she is shares a passion of hypnotherapy with me and spirituality with empowering people and going through this time of waking up to their truth. So Helena, welcome to the Heartfelt Awakening Radio. And I want to ask you, let's go back and tell your story of what happened during this transformation. What got you on this path? Hey, Danny, thank you for having me. I love being on your show. So, yes, I mean, I think first uh, introduction, you know, to, to my own uh, induction in hypnosis was basically through my labor process because my mom gave birth and she was under hypnosis. So I was basically, she was experiencing this like a scheduled event because uh, she was having this like amazingly painful, uh, you know, firstborn, which was my brother. And then she was like, I'm not doing that again. Right. And so she was looking for alternatives, which was, you know, hypnotherapy was something that she thought was like really elegant and could help her to kind of like overcome the painful process and just kind of like calm her down so she wouldn't have that anxiety. And so it really helped. So that was that was that I was delivered in 45 minutes you know, from when the induction started and then uh, the, the doctor, the hypnotherapist actually called my father when he was just like on his way home. And he was like, well, sir, you need to come back. Like you have a beautiful daughter. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, I thought this is gonna take like a day. And he was like, no, like we're done. Like this is it. So um, I think kind of like unconsciously that was kind of like a big part of my life ever since. Uh, and I've been always like, um, started my journey you know uh with a lot of spiritual work and a lot of like self-development work and then eventually i think after like maybe 35 or so i started venturing slowly so much more into business and kind of like owning that ambition and owning that part of me which is like this kind of like very uh ambitious you know businesswoman and claiming that spot for myself before that i was actually uh being and, and kind of like um, leading with, you know, uh, coaching in, in fitness industry and also doing a lot of like therapy work in terms of like correctional massage therapies and traditional Chinese medicine and meditations and just like, and you know, every, every, you know, everything under, under the star. So yes, that was my journey in short. <laughs> you know, you mentioned something happening at age 35 and that's also what we have in common because it was at age 35 that I faced death. You know, it was, it was a, it was a diagnosis of cancer and being told I'd be dead in two years if I said no to the chemotherapy and radiation. So tell us more about this age 35. What was going on at this? Was this a shift for you? It was actually a massive shift because it was actually the, the year where my mother died. She was struggling with a disease for many, many years. And so this was like, it was such a, such a like mixed year because it was, it was a relief. And then it was, you know, kind of like grace that she was actually able to leave this, you know, planet. And at the same time, there was a lot of sadness, you know, for not having her be with it, relying on, you know, promises people would be making to me because I was left with my baby. And that was kind of like the path that I kind of like, you know, I wouldn't have chosen for myself necessarily, but it was actually perfect for, for me and for my child. So I'm kind of like going with that attitude. 
So would you say you mentioned um, your genius? Would you say that 35 was the age that kind of your yeah. genius kind of came yes. out? Tell yeah. us more about that. So I would say it's like, it's like kind of like how, why I'm so passionate about helping people, you know, go through this because it always appears like as if it's a gift wrapped in a, in a sandpaper and it's, it's a total, it's like a total wreck, you know, type of situation. And I've had so many of those that I was, I was used to it and I was not sure if really how to respond to be in a different place, like just maybe a year later or, you know, 10 years down the road. Right. So, but this was also the first time where uh when i was having these conversations with my friend you know how to continue with pregnancy there was this you know 50 50 percent chance uh which you know medical doctors told me that you know i might not you know i was i was maybe not gonna have to you know deliver the baby because there was some uh genetic issues uh you know at, at taking place and so i was like super stressed i was like super stressed in terms of like super sad and just kind of like not being sure how to deal with it right but what I could see was the kind of like that my own path of, you know, being that spiritually inclined, which was not recognized nor approved in my, you know, family system. But it was, it was where I could find, you know, that kind of like consolence and kind of like I could just find my source and my power. So basically what I did, I contacted um, uh, this energy healer who was really, really well known in Slovenia. And so we started doing the work around family patterning and energy, you know, patterns and, you know, all the things around not feeling good about yourself and not being even sure why. And, you know, he, like I, you know, I've stayed with him for several years, you know, we solved the situation with my baby. She was born, you know, hundred percent healthy. Right. So I could see, you know, how at that critical point, it was like either trusting the medical medicine way and going with that conventional type of mindset, which would be like, well, it's either like, you know, it's either left or right. And if it's right, then we're going to take your baby away. And it's like, that was just like, no, that's not going to happen. Right. And so I could see that, you know, even though in that, you know, turmoil time, I was sure what I didn't want, you know, and that was kind of like helping me every day to, to kind of like get closer to what it is that I want. Right. Because it was Claire. a big question. Yeah. Yes. Clarity. Yes. And it's amazing how the world is showing us what we don't want. Yeah, yeah. you mentioned um, that this kind of spirituality stuff is not approved by your family. So what did you do to kind of do it anyway, to kind of move forward anyway, with or without their approval? How did you get through that process? Yeah, that was like, that was like um, a bigger part of like growing up. So, you know, kind of like realizing that, you know, you can kind of love people, but not, you don't necessarily have to agree with them nor like them basically, right? And you don't have to spend time with them. That was a big learning process for me. Uh, and so this is also somewhere, something where, you know, I started instilling some boundaries and just kind of like deciding more on, you know, what and who not feel good in terms of like, you know, who all feels happy around me because I'm very familiar with dark times, right? But just kind of like who is actually bringing something, you know, whenever they, you know, meet me, who is bringing me down, who is intentionally kind of like criticizing me, even just, you know, unconsciously, but is used to having that pattern. And I was like, just kind of had to, you know, consciously decide 
this is not what I want to have, you know, in my life. I addressed it several times. It didn't necessarily work. So then I just had to kind of like accept that, you know, not everybody is willing to do the work that it takes so that you can have like a healthy relationship where previously it was a much toxic one. Right. And so, because also I didn't want to have, you know, that pattern for my daughter, I didn't, you know, at the same time, I wanted her to have her own relationship with, with my family, basically, of origin. And so I just kind of like did my own work. So I didn't, you know, push that onto her and made her close up, right? I was just kind of like allowing her to have her own opinion. And that kind of created a very free relationship that she feels no obligation to anyone. But she's very happy when she, when she gets the connection. And when it's not there, she's just fine with that as well. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned patterns, you know, mm. before becoming aware of those patterns, we're kind of ignorant to them, right? Yes. But then all of a sudden you mentioned, I started noticing these patterns. What changed between being in the patterns and ignorant of them to noticing these patterns and not wanting to pass those patterns onto your daughter? What was it that changed? You mentioned doing the work, but there was something there that changed. I think when, you know, because I was doing like, when I was, I was living in Denmark, I moved to Denmark for like five years to visit this uh, creativity slash spirituality school where I was actually, you know, learning to be a transformational coach, basically, or therapist. And so it was very kind of like, um, it was a very powerful experience, but at the same time I could see there was, it was, if, if I put it like this, it was very like kind of like fem, you know, feminine based and kind of like intuition based and it didn't have a lot of structure. So even, you know, I went through uh, 12 steps, you know, for, for children, of, for example, like of, you know, codependent parents, or I did inner child healing uh, 12, you know, like two years of that. And, but still I was kind of like lacking that, you know, there was a part of me that's like high intellect and it has a highly developed that kind of like, you know, mind, and just, it just kind of like really lacked this like knowing and kind of like, you know, how does the mind work? Like, how do we even talk? Like, why do we even, you know, talk? How do we use words? How come that people say one thing, but think another thing and then do the third thing? Like I was, you know, getting really curious about that because my experience, you know, just kept showing me that, you know, people didn't necessarily mean what they were saying. And I was always kind of like, well, that's not like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why are we, why are we doing that? Like, you know, how, why are we, you know, I wanted to learn more about that. So basically what I did, because I wanted that for several years, but it was actually super expensive in Denmark. I found uh, this um, neuro-linguistic reprogramming school in Slovenia. And it just kind of like fitted into my new mom. No, it didn't. It was, it was super like, it was super busy time. But I enrolled in it and I was like, I was super committed. And so I did uh, NLP coach, NLP hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, like in a year and a half. And it was, it was, it was that missing link because I could see, you know, from like, it just made so much sense. Like it was so natural for me to understand that and to not just to understand it, like to learn it, but to use it immediately, like to implement it, you know, within myself. And then, you know, with my clients later on, uh, and then, you know, like in my house with my child, like it was so easy for me to use. And I was like, ah, oh, this is like, this was like the missing link because, you know, spirituality is, you know, it's so intangible often. It's kind of like, well, you can meditate all day long. It's not going to necessarily have that structural shift in, in like how you think about, you know, yourself or the world. 
So that was kind of like what was missing for me. So NLP was, was big for me in that way. So this neuro-linguistic programming basically taught you the language of how to talk to yourself and that self-talk broke up these patterns and you were able to see them. Is there any like particular aha moment that you had when it's like that light bulb went on in your head when it all started to fall together and make sense? Well, it was, it was actually funny because, you know, you can be as progressive as you can be, right? But like, we still all have to face fear. And it was, it was what is usually, is usually so common when you're always going for, you know, I want to be the best or like, you know, I want to, like, it's never enough knowledge, right? So I, I kept feeling like I was, you know, I was top student in the group of, you know, the NLP coaches. But I kept, you know, feeling like I'm not able to like actually be a coach, right? Because we didn't necessarily do anything on business part of it, which I see now. And, you know, now my coach knows it's a big, you know, it's a big, you know, it's, it's, it's something that it's missing for sure. But so I kept feeling like, oh my God, this is, you know, brilliant. This is genius. I can, you know, use this, right? But I'm not sure like, you know, how am I going to do this as a business? Like there was nothing on that, right? Or, you know, the way they structured it was very kind of like, well, just go, you know, to some libraries and start like working with small groups and see a progress. And I was like, I'm not really, I'm like, I was much more of an expert already. So I knew kind of like what I'm doing with people, but um, I could see also, you know, I wanted to shift from, you know, physical work with people to online. So that was like, there was a lot of aha moments. But what I did was I actually, you know, bothered my coach, you know, my teacher for NLP until he gave me like a a free session basically and he was like well what is the fear you know like and what would happen if that fear was not there what would happen if that like like a five-year-old you know what would happen if that fear was just kind of like not there and I was like and if the money was not the issue if time was not an issue if, if trusting yourself was not an issue because I see in you I needed that you know he was kind of like I see in you that you can right like and he was just placing his faith and belief in me and I I could see that's a mentor like so that's what I do now right that's what that's what people in most critical moments and for example if you don't get that from your family of origin you will always kind of like be wanting that and seeking that and that's why when I started doing the work as a coach I slowly and you know through working with other mentors I could see, you know, my role is a mentor because I'm really good at like supporting people, like emotionally see what is needed and also practically. Right. So that was kind of like key moment for me. And then I was like, okay, I'm just being afraid. Like there's nothing more to it. Absolutely. And you know, you mentioned boundaries just for a moment. Um, Can you explain what it is you did to make those boundaries clear because people talk about boundaries all the time, but when you're going through this spiritual shift, sometimes those boundary lines are hard to see. How did you set up your boundaries? Well, you know, like in NLP, you learn, you know, some things and then boundaries is actually a lot about emotional work. That's what I see. So when I was studying like toxic relationships or codependency, it's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, keeping your own, like, not just energetical, but also like emotional, personal, physical, even like boundaries. And we can actually take them in or put them out or, you know, like share them with somebody or not. Right. 
So the moment I, I was like, I had some, you know, of course I had like many important realizations over the years when I was working with my personal, personal mentors. And, you know, at, at some point this mentor told me, she was like, well, you realize that you can actually just say, you know, no, or just like, I'm not doing this or just no and be quiet. You don't have to explain yourself to your family at all. And I was like, I didn't see that as an option, right? Like, and that just really like started opening, opening that, like, I don't really owe anything, anyone, not a, not an emotion, not a thought, not a penny. This is what, uh, this spiritual teacher Shantimai said, and I didn't really understand it back then. I was like, well, you know, but how, when other people thrive on making you guilty, they drain that, you know, energy, you know, and kind of like, they just, they just get so excited and so empowered by it. And I was like, and I don't feel like that at all. And then, you know, I was just slowly realizing that, you know, it's true. And we just have to, like, I just, would have to create physical boundaries, not talking about certain people, uh, not allowing certain people to talk about me, uh, not having certain people in my life, not visiting, not being uh, being uh, invited to parties, which was, you know, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a sacrifice in, in some ways. But the way I was feeling, uh, you know, and also with my daughter was just kind of like protecting that and just kind of making sure that that is like, the best thing that we can have because I think a lot of people forget to really appreciate self and appreciate your own kind of like time in and energy and, and kind of like because I mean I work every day to feel good about myself and the world so you know why would you know why would I give that away to anybody right absolutely and you know you talked a little bit about NLP and what it's done for you how, how how did you come across hypnotherapy and get trained in that? I know you were born when your mother was under hypnotherapy, so you were born under it. But now being a hypnotherapist, how does that tie in with the NLP? So NLP is is really kind of like, you know, mindset work and it goes, you know, layers and layers and layers. It can be very like tactic, like it can be very like... Um, practical, very like tactical, very like, you know, direct type yeah. of work. Yeah. Or it can be more like mindset type of like correcting the language, correcting the kind of like the vib vibrational kind of like background of it, which is how I work with my clients. Like I kind of like read through what it is that they're actually saying, not just what the word, like what are the words that they're using. And I'm just kind of like, you know, helping them to be more mindful so that they can learn how to coach themselves. Basically, that's kind of like how I like to make it right. So they are so much more empowered. They don't, you know, need me in that sense at all. But there's so much more because every, you know, every new level has their own new, you know, devil. But hypnotherapy was so, uh, we tried it. I think it was like one day in a, when we were doing a coach education uh, one day was kind of, or one weekend even was kind of like, you know, uh, for hypnotherapy, like what, what it all entails and all of that. And I was like, wow, that's like super elegant way of not even having to talk to the person. Right. Cause um, I, mean, I can be deeply introverted. So, you know, no words is really fine with me. Right. So, and I was like, and this actually makes sense because I don't have to go into the story of the client, right? So I can just kind of like bypass that and just because they don't like in our, um, in our way, like it, the story is irrelevant. So, you know, when we're doing hypnotherapy, it's just like, what matters is what do you want, right? And so um, 
I loved it and it was it was super easy and it was it was just uh you know it was just another technique very elegant and where I could see that I could like really fast you know with just I'm using maybe like a few but very powerful like you know hypno hypno kind of like sessions and I create them for my clients also on very specific like you know around money around wealth around self-empowerment around you know personal power and so I just do that basically, right? And it's, it's, it's directly to the source. Wonderful. Yeah. As a hypnotherapist, um, I love how you bypass the mind and you go straight yeah. to this super consciousness that we are. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And so um, you mentioned um, that you went through 12 steps in inner child healing. Um, mm-hmm. So that was your own work. So as you were going through that, what shifted for you to start becoming instead of healing yourself to become the healer? Mm-hmm. So when my experience with 12 steps, because I was also doing the, uh, you know, it's not AA, but it's ACA. So it's anonymous children of alcoholics basically, but it's kind of, it has, you know, you know, there's like many different ways of doing 12 steps. So, but that was something where I was seeking for that structure and I wasn't necessarily, you know, wanting to have like this normal psychotherapy type of situation, which I did for a little while, but it didn't really help me. It was, it was not spiritual enough for me. So I was basically seeking for something that could do spirituality, God, and have structure and have, you know, people, it's like community, right? And so, uh, but what I did, you know, uh, even though 12 steps is amazing for that first kind of like layer of kind of like, you know, kind of like recognizing your own truth and recognizing that we all have this personal power that the, the addiction or whatever the thing is, is not, you know, it's not more powerful than what we have as personal power. And so that was super, super helpful. But I could see that, you know, people would just get entangled too much in that and they would just kind of like stay at that point where they would just kind of like go into this, you know, meeting and just kind of like stay there and just like re- repeat and repeat and feel not so good about themselves. And I was like, well, I'm not like, I've, I've you know, I've, I've done my work. I've realized my things. Like I don't want to live my life as, you know, like something that I'm not like, as if I'm not functional, I'm fully functional. This was my choice, right? This was just my first step in, you know, in so many ways. So um yeah that was the same with the inner child healing i think it was it was more to help myself to heal yeah the relationship with my family and just with what i saw as what i'm talking about mother wound and core wound and all the things right uh but it it was it was again it was it was very helpful but i think more in in terms of like me being you know versatile now in this like emotional language and kind of like knowing what people talk about than you know in any other way Absolutely. And I too experienced that psychotherapy where I was going to therapy, trying to fix me. And psychotherapy is there's something wrong with you that needs yeah. to be fixed. And when I threw that out the window and I'm, I came from the perspective, you know what, I'm here. There's nothing that needs to be fixed, only integrated. And I started yeah. doing the integration work and I too love NLP and hypnotherapy and those tools. EFT is another wonderful tool. And um, all of them are focusing on where you are right now, where you are right now. And that's really a beautiful place to be. So darling, so after all learning all of this and being in the field, 
you've um, developed this four-step genius strategy. And it looks like you work with um, for peak performance mindset for those people who want to be at the top of their game and want to be the best in their field and all of that. Tell us a little bit about this four-step genius strategy. So as we all know, like, as you know it, right? So what we went through now was like my story, you, you know, everybody could hear, like we could hear a part, a part of your story as well, a part of your uh, also personality types. Like we have a bit of a different personality types, right? People can hear that, people can sense that, you know, there's the tone of the voice, there's the, you know, how I express myself, how you express yourself, right? And so, so that's the personality type. And then there's the, the tangible and intangible gifts. So hypnotherapy, for example, is what I call uh, in this four-step genius uh, strategy is what we call a tangible gift. So it's something it's it's something you know everybody can learn, you know, and then they can apply that. So, but when we talk about genius uh, genius method, this is something where like I'm sure you have that in some way where you can actually either see through people or hear through the words or you know kind of like feel what is actually going on instead of just like what they're saying right as i said you know as i mentioned in the beginning for me it was always so intriguing to actually know what is actually happening and how to help them move from there like move just we don't even have to discuss it we can just start moving i don't really care what is the you know what is the whole like what is the whole story that it's happening right now but it is important to kind of like know how the person you know feels reacts you know in 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 stressful times or turmoil but then what we're more interested in is you know how is this person going to succeed in the fastest way possible that's what my interest is and so um i created and worked with a mentor for a long time on this and kind of like this is where we actually it's not like how other people have the signature program is just something that you do in 45 minutes this is nothing like that this is actual process where, you know, it takes us a couple of weeks and then even more so if people want to do that. Right. And it's actually they get to know their, you know, calling their purpose. They tie all of that into their work. And so basically what it means when we do also empathy map for the clients, we do like a soul session around, you know, who, how, you know, where does even, you know, that client hang out and like how to talk to that. So we get even to the language part. Right. And so people feel so confident, so at ease and so familiar with their ideal client, with their ideal offer, with their work that they can just talk up. Like we just started like in, in couple, like the moment it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like finalized. They, they're in love with their work process. And that's something that other people can sense. That's something that other people can pick up. And that's something that other people, you know, get so excited about. And of course, you know, purchase. And, you know, so, but again, it, it, it evolves through the work. So it's like, it's always evolving. It's never, it's never boxed in. And this is where, you know, instead of asking the buyer, you know, what my next offer should be, we always ask the genius. So basically we ask the source, what is my next offer to be? And people need to be, you know, bold enough to go and follow that, you know, inkling and kind of like, that's where I help them. I love it because I always tell people, you are the genie and the bottle, yes. right? The bottle is this <laughs> yeah. meat suit, right? And yeah. the genie is this unseen part of you. You can't touch it, see it, feel it, taste it, use your five senses to yeah. detect it. So, you know, you talk about, you firmly believe that learning how to create, sell, and deliver at a high dollar value isn't art. 
what is the barrier that you see most often in people when they're trying to attain this? The, the belief, like what I had, like it's the same, it's the same pattern, especially, specifically for women. That's why I love working with women because it's, it's 95% it's mindset work. It really is. And it's about getting familiar with the idea that we're actually already brilliant. We are just kind of like learned and, and we were told so many times to just, you know, be quiet, sit it out, don't, you know, don't express your opinion in, in that way or whatever, it, you know, if something is wrong with you because you're too emotional, something is wrong with you because you're too, like you're acting out or you're too, too passionate or you're whatever, right? And, and in my uh, area, at least yeah. where I grew up, girls are taught not to be too smart or seem too yes. smart. Yes, mm-hmm. something like that, right? So yes. like an old kind of like patriarchy paradigm, right? That we were like forced into. And so now when people are like, well, you know, but how am I going to do that? I'm like, sweetie that's like a, a man would never even you know pose that question it's not even like plausible in that sense right and it's it's not it's not because there's you know something wrong with us it's just because we were trained and made believe you know that we need to be the best of the best of the best before we can even you know sign a 100k contract which is total bullshit because all of the women that i've worked with over the years and i've been online for like 8 years now they are extraordinary. Like they are, they have skills and courses and coaches and schools and what have you. This is another kind of like, I think thing, right? Like just kind of like gathering all the information instead of putting it into having somebody who actually just goes, let's implement, let's do the implementation right now. And let's get us some results because people can get so entangled in, well, let me just get another course or let me just get another certificate because, you know, specifically women, they feel like, oh, I need, you know, this like external validation or somebody needs to tell me that I'm like good enough or that I'm smart enough or that I'm worthy enough. And it's like, no, that's something that you actually do through the work with the clients and they are going to give you that feedback when they have those results. And that's the only thing you can, nobody can take that away from you. Absolutely. And, you know, I went through a period of time where I just learned it all. You know, I was like learning the Reiki, learning the EFT, getting the certificate in this, getting the certificate in that until it's like, you know what, it's, it's done. And I had to go inside and, and validate myself because nobody was going to validate me. They'll tell me, we'll take this course and take that course, take my course. You know what I'm saying? So this is definitely internal work. So darling, our time is like flying by really fast. What I'd love for you to do is tell us about um, your 30 minute strategy call that you'd love to offer our listeners. So that's like where we do, uh, I actually, um, you fill out a little bit of a form, right? It's something that everybody does for this 30 minute call. And then I actually go and I check the social media, you know, I check like whatever is of the work or whatever it is, because usually it's, it's work related with me. Right. And so then we talk about, you know, where your next leap. And I'm, I mean, you know, a high five figure and, you know, six figure leap is, because a lot of people, this is a mix of strategy, business-wise, but it's also a mix of mindset. And the moment I see, because I see so many capable women who express themselves so well, who can actually write marketing well, who know what they're doing, right? And they're just charging peanuts 
And I'm so upset in a positive way about that, that I'm like, this is just no, this is just, this is just no go, right? Like, I don't even, what is the word for that? Like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think I need Unacceptable. To yeah. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> but like, we have now isms, so we need to create another like ism, right? Where it's like, people should not be underpaid and nobody should be supporting that. Not even when we're hiring others, of course. So let me ask you this, because I work with people as well um, who are healers. And one mm -hmm. of the first things they'll tell me is, you know, this should be given away for free. So mm -hmm. that's one thing that I come across a lot. So how would you talk to somebody who is in that mindset? Well, I've, I've met some healers who had that. My healer was charging me a lot for the work that we did on the Reiki and just the, you know, inner healing and, and all the things. So my belief is like everybody, this is an abundant world. And so you either want to be stepping into that abundance or not. Right. And I'm not saying that, uh, because I've worked and, you know, I had many, many friends who are amazing at like therapy or, you know, healing work and all of that, but they were like actually very, very aware of the money part. And, you know, they knew how to kind of like generate money. So this is something that I, I never saw as a problem, but I do have, again, you know, other friends who were led to believe that, you know, just because you're being a yoga teacher or a spiritual something or a breathwork teacher, you shouldn't be charging a lot of money because that's not really a skill. Really? Like, so what breathing is not like, is that not more important than having a lawyer who can charge you like a hundred K for, I don't know, an ongoing like court thing. It's, it's really ridiculous when you think about that. And uh, I often gave, uh, you know, my clients, even that case, um, I think it was one of my friends who was getting a divorce, unfortunately, but all they got from a lawyer was not even a promise. Oh, this is going to work. It wasn't, it was none of that as you know, some of our, co some of, you know, coaches, we get this, well, you know, can you guarantee a result? And like, well, I can guarantee, you know, my part of the work, but you know, that lawyer was just charging, like, I think it was like 25,000 just up front, no promises made. Here's the contract. And it's, it's, it was signed in such a way that it was of course open in terms of like, we are doing this until it's finalized. So there was no end fee. And I was like, and people sign that just because they're made believe that this is what they need to do. That they're, they're not actually even thinking about an alternative, for example, hiring a mediator or hiring a, you know, a coach or something like, right. Like it's, ridiculous right and so why would somebody who's actually helping somebody to have you know again such a you know high quality life be concerned about the money then we need to address the whole kind of like abundance and what i call lack wound you know lack that wound because that's a wound again it's a belief it's a wound that so many people carry and it has nothing to do with the work i think all work is worthy and you know whether we do that in you know whether we we pay out in, in organic eggs or in gold or in money. It really makes no difference, but it should be paid in, in some way. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, I was just writing down your uh, lack wounds, how your wounds of lack actually keep you from that abundance. Yeah. yeah. So um, with this call, you just basically go over, you look at their, their Facebook page, or you look at their social media, and you can kind of get an idea of where they are with this mindset. Yes. 
for sure. And then I can also see, okay, like this is where they actually want to go, but they don't really dare. And so this is what the strategy call would be like, right? So uh, I see this, there's a potential for this, and this is what I would see as the genius part of the path. And so I would kind of like be, you know, asking questions and kind of like coaching them through and kind of like opening that kind of like um, belief, you know, that potential, that kind of like possibility for them, because this is what, you know, most people need just that somebody to believe in their possibility or, you know, where they can be, who they can become. And that's enough for people then to take, you know, bold decisions and kind of like really commit to their dream. Absolutely. And committing. That's the thing is being able to commit. And then once you commit, it's almost like the work is done for you. But I do want to ask you one more question because you talk about these uh, wound of lack, you know, this, this lack wound. And did you discover that you had a wound that was creating lack in your life? Well, yes. I mean, of course. <laughs> it's like, it was, it was, for me, it was more like that whole uh, contradiction, which is, which is, I know, familiar to many. So uh, it was, it was a bit of a fam family pattern, like money wise, but it was like, you know, the, the thing of having a lot of money and then having, you know, no income for, I don't know, you know, a couple of weeks or months. And that just always made me so stressed out and just super uncomfortable. Right. And that was also where, you know, of course I could realize and I could see, you know, we're, we're not really designed to be living a lack because then you can't really think you can't really feel properly, you know, and we turn to like our, you know, worst. And at the same time, it's a perfect spot to practice the the whole idea and the whole philosophy and the whole like um, universal law that there is no such thing as lag because if there's lag then you know like then that that's there's you know there's only can be one thing and that's like good and if we believe in good then we need to persistently believe that there is you know abundance for everybody right and that's kind of like it because I'm I was so familiar with such you know highs and then lows and then highs and then lows and I could see oh like a lot of people really struggling with that and that's part of you know what I would call like a lack wound but it's also kind of like um it, it ties into emotional and it ties into so ment mental kind of like way of how we you know how we deal with our mind and that's why you know all the work that I do is very holistic so it goes into all of that so we create you know morning routines and you know journaling like all the things that you're doing as well right and like um coaching creating new patterns yeah getting yeah, new patterns uh -huh. right? and so uh so that people can actually you know feel elevated and kind of like it's not about happy. I don't believe that people should be happy all the time, but it's just about feeling good. I think feeling well-being centered. Yeah. Feeling centered and feeling like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking care of, but I'm also, you know, making, the, you know, everything I can, you know, to take care of myself, basically. I loved what you said about there's perfect opportunities to practice and that's doing the work right? And you talked about guarantees. It's like, well, I can guarantee my part, but then the client actually has to do the work. It's not given to them. And this is the work. So how do you, let's say you're working with someone who maybe isn't committed and maybe isn't doing the work. Yeah. So um, they're stuck in that, a place of lack and that they're stuck in their lack wound. Yeah, so 
it really doesn't happen anymore right now. So it's kind of like I've changed. Like I think it's that's a responsibility of every like you know coach and therapist to kind of like realign because I think I believe like in my world things change in every three, six, or you know months or one year. So I need to make sure that I realign with you know let's say a new level of purpose if we will right so right now people are very very committed and they're just really willing to do the work and they just need that final push they need that final like oh let me open that mind a little bit let me let me just steer you in the right direction let me just because people come with like something that I've struggled with it's you know in business it's like well you know how am I supposed to do this and this and this and I'm having you know a group and I'm having one-on-one clients and then I just say the magical world and I'm like well you need to start talking you know thinking about having a small team and they go well nobody told me this like everybody was like don't have a team keep the money for yourself all of that and like sure but what we're working towards like you know, having multi-millions, my father was, you know, an entrepreneur in that level, it's going to demand a team, right? Like, and then they, you know, then they have this very practical conversation with me. And I'm like, well, you know, there's people who can do, you know, cert- you know, certain type of work for you. And so you actually get that free time because a lot of people, coaches, whatever online, you know, service providers talks about all of that free time, but it's like they don't ever like explain or elaborate what it is, you know, exactly that they mean. So basically you can end up with having just, you know, a hundred clients to take care of and no time and just having like a really shitty experience of being, you know, a mentor or a coach or whatever. Right. And so this is where um, it's also our, like you and me, like we're, we're in the coaching group, but it's our constant, you know, kind of like responsibility towards self to be seeking, you know, kind of like better ways for the client, right? Because it's not always going to be just spiritual. It's not always going to be just uh, uh, mindset. It's not always going to be just business. It's not always going to be just energy work, right? It's not always going to be just one thing because humans are so complex, right? So I believe that people who have the luxury to go like, well, it's just this one thing. It's like, it's really not. It's like, it's just going to be all the things or nothing, (laughs) Yeah. And I loved how you used realign and I like to use the word recalibrate. Mm-hmm. And as, as a, a musician playing an, a stringed instrument, when you play a song, before you play the next song, you retune. Yeah, you so have you to have to, you have to come to this space, realign, recalibrate, and then move forward. But what we end up doing is making decisions from this out of alignment space, from this lack wound space. Yeah. And then we're seeing our world through this muddied lens of lack. And I love it. I love that realigning and recalibrating. That's the work. It's like, all right, world, let me align myself and then open my eyes and make those choices. I love to say making... Yeah, sorry. This was was just one of the things because I didn't really answer your question. But so, for example, what my work is in the beginning and how I get 100% trust of the client is actually when they're in that process between the tunes and they were not so happy about the previous tune and they don't they're not sure like what is wrong is it me is it the instrument what is it and then i come and i go well i think we better have a look at this instrument it needs to recabulate 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 like you know let's see you know i don't know uh, C7, like, let's, you know, let's look at that. I have, you know, I have this, like, you know, something tell, is, keeps telling me that this is your problem. And then they kind of like tweak that. And then, you know, they start playing this tune 
And even though they go like, well, this is, doesn't make sense. I'm not sure. Are you sure? Do you know what you're doing? I'm like, just trust me. And the moment they start playing and they have this beautiful, you know, kind of like in tunement and they just realize, oh my God, like this person actually knows what she's doing. So I think that's where, you know, if you can help the client in that moment where they're like most frustrated and they don't know really like how to, you know, how to go from that, you have their trust for life, basically. Wonderful. Any um, advice or words that you would like to say to people who are thinking about, you know, moving to that next level or um, maybe holding themselves back a little bit? What would you tell to somebody who's kind of in that space? I would always tell them to find that groundedness, like what you talked about and what you're blogging about. Also like go and journal, go and find that because that next level is always going to be a mixture of excitement and fear. And so it's kind of like, it's really, you know, it, it's really hard to like discern. And first we need to get to that, clar to those, to that like clarity point. So I think for everybody is like, and this is where people get like, people don't understand. It's so simple, but it's so difficult. It's like, what do you want? Like, it's just simple as that. And just keep journaling on that, what it is that I want and just allow the journaling, the non, like, don't judge your own thoughts or your own ambition, because I see that a lot, right? And ambition is actually is derived from desire. So that's kind of like, it's that word, right? And it's actually a beautiful word. And it's nothing to be ashamed about when you have this drive or this passion for things. And even if it's not clear for what it is, it's gonna, like, the moment we start taking small actions, small steps, small practical, like, you know, actually committing and saying yes to that next let's say you know trusting yourself enough that you can handle the client that you can handle the challenge that you can handle school that you can handle coaching like trusting that you know which is actually talking to you uh, uh you know through some source of let's say intuition or something like that i think that's where you know we can get um how do you self-validated you know if that's what it's needed but also to remember that we're not here to get that self-validation per se, but to actually serve. And so for that, the question, the right question is always, you know, what am I here to give? What am I here to serve? And then, you know, committing through that because people, we make, and I still get, you know, caught into that sometimes, we make this, you know, uh, major like mistake because when we make it all about us and kind of like, what am I, what am I, where am I, what a, who am I, right? It's then it's not about the, you know, who is, you know, who is my person? What does this person need? How am I going to be helping them? How, how can I serve them? You know, and like, then the universe, universe has the funniest ways, the most incredible ways of guiding us towards, you know, the next teacher, mentor, school, musician, like whatever dance class, that it's actually, you know, going to be so much better for, for that whole experience and higher purpose. Love it. Cause I know when I work with clients, they get to that point where they can step into that next level, but something pulls them back. That self-sabotage, it pulls mm. them back into their comfort zone. So one of the things that got me intrigued with um, the information that you sent me for this interview today is you said quantum leaping clients to 73 K in 16 days. So of course I want to know about that. 
<laughs> yes, you do. Did I say that? Yes, I did. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so it was, it was actually, she was actually wise enough and, and kind of like perfectionist enough that she didn't want to necessarily launch before she was like fully ready. So basically what we did for two months prior to that, and we, she was not, she didn't know anything about launching, just the things that she experienced herself. But she, you know, again, she was fully trusting me and we were, I was just guiding her through, uh, you know, some processes that are always very, very tailored because I don't actually believe in one process for everybody. I believe in, you know, I tailor everything for, for the client, you know, as much as possible. So it's kind of like, um, following her lead basically because I am on her team. She's not on like my team. I am on her team and that's how I see that. Right. So, uh, yeah, we worked on her genius process. Basically she fell in love with a process with a group process that she actually forgot about. She didn't even think about, she was like, it's crap. It's not worth anything. What is this? Like, right. And the moment I started like looking at it and I went through it, I read it all, you know, I researched, like I did my, you know, due diligence before I had the conversation with the client. And then I was like, listen, this is actually brilliant. I don't know what you're talking about, but this work is brilliant. Of course it needs some tweaking and stuff, but this is minimal. Right. And she was like, what are you even talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, step eight in your program, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't even know where that is. She was so, she was having such a blind spot to it. But the moment she like, and so that was the kind of a bit of resistance. And then I persisted and I was like, listen, this is good enough. You have to believe me. I know how this works. We've been, you know, creating programs to up to 60K, 70K, 100K, right? I know what all goes into, you know, this level. This was like up to 10K level. She was like, what are you talking about? This is not good enough. This is not, you know, perfect enough, whatever. And I was like, no, this is actually brilliant work. Trust me. So we, we, had, a, we had a session. I, you know, I kind of like dragged her through it. And I was like, this is really, really good. You have to, you have to have a second look. And I insisted on that for a couple of weeks. And then she was like, all of a sudden she was like, oh my God, I love this. I love what we're creating out of this. We gave it a different name. We, you know, we priced it differently and she just fell in love with it totally. Right. And did her work. She was working on it. And then, um, trusted me to guide her into a bit of like a live launch type of a thing in her group. And she was just like in 16 days, she was just making sales every day, every day consistently. And she was just loving it. And she was getting my support where I knew it was most needed. And I just showed up, right. I was there for her. I was there for the group. I was there for the whole kind of like momentum. And that just like made it like, it was just so beautiful. And she was just so confident, showed up. And then she just kind of closed uh, it was a bit more at first, but then we, some of the, like one client changed into the group program. So it was, it was a 72, 71, 72K launch in 16 days. Yeah. That was Excellent. a sale. Yeah. And it's all from just shifting the mindset because yeah. it's there. We just have to open ourselves up to yes. it. Yes. Excellent. You know, I'm so glad our paths crossed and I totally see us collaborating on something, <laughs> you know, with the work we do and the backgrounds that we have and the work we do with women. So I really appreciate all of the work that you're doing. And for our listeners, if you want to take advantage of this, uh, you know, just 30 minute strategy call on where is your 100,000K quantum leap in your business? So if you're looking to get your business off the ground, it's really all about this mindset shift and stepping into 
this possibility. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Helena, for being on this journey with me. And you're, yeah, absolutely. And I look forward to getting to know you more. And for our listeners, let us know in the comments and we will be leaving the link to her offer for that 30 minute strategy call. And I hope you take advantage of it. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Blessings. Thank you.